Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luca and I'm joined by team captain of Team Last Place, Denise Salcedo. Hashtag bread that bread, baby. <laughs> okay, I mean, I I've, got, have my own hashtag. I've got a thousand questions to ask you about your quiz on menu performance, but we'll get to that uh, in the outro portion of this podcast. Uh, we're talking about Survivor Series to kick things off here. What can be done to improve it? Here is the show. Well, speaking of every man for themselves and being dumb, Survivor Series is uh, coming up this Sunday. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on Survivor Series, um, this, particularly the build for this year. Because I feel like there was a report from Meltzer a couple of weeks ago that people in the back are a little bit tired of Survivor Series uh, because it kind of derails the stories that they're working on. Like the Raw at the moment is building this title picture around Randy Orton, The Fiend, The Miz, and Drew McIntyre. And there's been like... There's been some lip service to his match with Roman, but it's not like a big deal or anything. And the the word is, is that WWE are doing Survivor Series this year with the brand warfare thing because it's what they've done for the last four years. So they just feel like they have to do it now, even though they don't actually want to do it now. So what are your what are your feelings on Survivor Series this year? I think the major issue is not necessarily doing a Raw versus SmackDown because I feel like you could do it. If you do it right, it could work, right? However, this Survivor Series, it kind of feels like they're going in and they're putting all these matches together just because there's no real storyline. There's no very meat. There's no very, there's not a very, there's not meaning into wanting to win. Why the teams want to win aside from them being on Raw and SmackDown. But even the matches that, you know, are like championship matches, like, okay, yeah, they're not even anything like 
nobody has, there's no real story. I think that's the big problem. You got to give me a reason to care. You just can't put these people in a match and because they're big names or because they're popular that you just expect everybody to be interested in it. And yeah, it probably we're probably going to have a lot of good matches. That's not even the issue. But I think the fact that not, not, I mean, I don't think there's a match that I'm like, oh my God, I'm so hyped for it because this is finally going to happen. I don't feel that way. And that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, there's only really one match that I've got that kind of feeling for, which is New Day Street Profits. Because like that's the, the match where I'm like, oh, that's quite because that's a match we've not seen before. So I'm like, oh, that's quite cool. They've always been kept away on opposite brands. I mean, Street Profits haven't been up for a, a massively long time, like, but I am the, I, that's the one match where I'm like, oh, that's quite interesting. And actually, even if New Day dropped the titles on Monday and it goes against the Hurt business, I'm actually still thinking like, huh, Hurt business versus New Day. Yeah, I, I actually I could be quite behind that match. Right. See, and I don't feel that way about any match. And so that's kind of that's, you know, that bums me out. But I just really do think that I just really do think that instead of like, for example, like all the qualifier matches, like, yeah, some of them have been pretty good. But for the most part, it's just okay, let's put opponent A, opponent B, and whatever, like, there's no real stakes into this. So, um, so yeah, I just think that they could have done it doesn't matter if it's raw versus Smackdown. I think if they make it mean something, then okay. But yeah, I do get the sense of like should do it you know totally different where we should have you know just real stakes into this that's the main that's the main takeaway from all of it yeah and the reason why this uh podcast title came around it's actually from three different mailbag questions that we got which was just sort of like a bit down on survivor series and you know like i think we across the board of wrestle talk have been a bit down on this ollie's about the only person who is into survivor series and that's because he's into team raw like he likes what team raw are doing and he really likes captain aj um but like firstly dwayne the gronk johnson said what are your thoughts on the concept of survivor series i'm finding the idea of smackdown versus raw and the whole brand warfare stuff really boring and i think partly because of that is we don't have there's no figureheads anymore because wwe uh in their infinite wisdom and i do think they were right to do this at the time was to uh get rid of authority figures because they were the problem was it was heel authority figures were the, the real problem with wwe because we don't have uh, a Shane McMahon at the head of uh, SmackDown or we don't have a Stephanie at the head of Raw or a Baron Corbin at the head of Raw or what have you it, you've got to, you're asking the question of like, well, who are you fighting for then? The network? It's like, <laughs> why do I care if USA Network win? Like, why do I care? It feels more just like a, a sense of pride, maybe. Is that reaching? Am I reaching for a sense of pride? I mean, is it just because your favorite color is red or blue? Well, that's it, because like, you know, four fifths of Team Raw were on SmackDown last month. Like Keith Lee's the only member of Team Raw that's been like Raw from the beginning. So like, why does AJ care if Raw wins? That's true. Can you fall in love that quickly with a brand within just a couple of weeks? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, and I, I so I, I I'm not behind the brand warfare thing, but I think partly because that is because we have no reason to care about a brand warfare. I've seen a lot of people like make suggestions like it should be about Royal Rumble uh, positions. So like if you uh, if say if like four members of your team survive, then you are the last four places in the Royal Rumble. At least then there's some stakes behind this. Or like you know if you are a surviving member of your team, that gets you a title shot um in the next couple of weeks or in the next couple of months or something along those lines at least like there's some tangible stuff to this 
Oh, I 100% agree. And I think that's something that's believable where you can get people from the same brand that are feuding each and every single week. But hey, for this one night, let's all be friends because it's in our best interest because we all want to get that what you know those great spots whether it be in the royal rumble or whatever stakes they put out there like they can get creative with this so i do agree in the sense where they can do something different just to really add stakes and meaning yeah i, I mean owen uh puts the question here i have to i have a take on what i want to see you guys think i'm pretty sick and tired of the how will they get along storyline for the survivor series teams every single year can we have a year where they just keep it simple and the actual five on five is for brand supremacy whatever the hell that's worth my example is the 2005 survivor series men's elimination match where the heels and faces of war and smackdown actually came together for the greater cause i guess yeah i i i mean i'm, I'm fully behind ollie davis in in his thoughts on team enjoying team raw like he's you know absolutely right to think it because i'm in, kind of enjoying the stuff with team raw as well the problem is Team Raw not getting along is being massively undermined because Team Raw on the women's team also aren't getting along and right. Team SmackDown aren't getting along. So it's like, well, no one's getting like it's the same story on every single team. I don't even like are they doing a story with the, the SmackDown women's team? And maybe they think that that's a way to make it interesting. Like, oh, they're not going to get along. Is this going to cost them their match because they're not all friends? But it's. <laughs> The age old thing that we've been seeing again constantly over and over. And we all know that things always work out in the end for the most yeah. part. And lastly, this is an interesting one from Adonis who said every year, like clockwork, WWE starts doing brand warfare during Survivor Series season, blood feud matches for Hell in a Cell, and so on. My question is should WWE start randomizing the dates for pay per views every year from now on? I get that you want to keep Mania and the Royal Rumble at yearly intervals and SummerSlam because it plays take, takes place during the summer, uh, but shuffling pay per views could make uh, for less predictable booking, i.e., brand warfare season, and so on. I, I mean, so does it's he mean like switching the months up for the pay-per-views, like not having it be like your traditional month? Yeah. So like uh, you as a viewer don't know what month Survivor Series is going to come in. So like, you know, it could happen in March. Like, it, but it, it, you kind of, I think it, 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 you're kind of onto something Adonis, but at the same time, you as a fan would probably start to work things out. Like when Pat McAfee came back and aligned himself with um, uh, Lurkin and Bot. Lorkin and Birch, Lurch and Borkin, um, <laughs> Birch and Lorkin, and then Pete Dunn arrives, and you're like, huh, a four-man team going up against the Undisputed Era, eh? I think that war games might be around the corner. See, I like that perspective, and I was thinking it more as in, so my answer is no, right? I think that it should be like, whatever your month is, that's the pay-per-view that we're expecting. And for different reasons, one of them being, um, one, apparently I don't like change <laughs> because <laughs> I wouldn't want it just for the fact that I don't want to see this change happen. So maybe that's just my old school traditional brain. But the second one would be, I'm thinking more in terms of marketing. Marketing would be very, very hard to get around it. Like, let's say we weren't in COVID era and, you know, you're going around different cities and, you, you know, those tickets go on sale months in advance. How on earth would you be buying tickets for a show that you don't even know what the show is? And like, what if it's a pay-per-view that you're not even that you don't even care for? And then you, yeah. you're all hoping it's Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble or whatever. And then it ends up being something lame. It's like, what do you do? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, the only one that I would change in this, and I, I've, I've said this before, is getting rid of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I hate the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view because what you end up with is one match that is worthy of a Hell in a Cell match and then a couple of other matches that are just there because. Like, why was Randy Orton Drew McIntyre in a Hell in a Cell this year? Because, like, they could have told the story. It's to keep the legends out, but then they didn't tell that story. They just did it because it was uh, it was time. It was October, so we had to do a Hell in a Cell match. And do you still get excited for Hell in a Cell matches? No, absolutely not. No, no. Did you before? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, dude. Like if, when they announced, like, uh, oh, Hell in a Cell's coming. Armageddon two thousand. When they were like, it's Hell in a Cell, and there's six people inside. I was like, <gasps> what? No, you're never gonna do that. It was the most exciting thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's the major issue. The fact that most of us, you know, before we used to see the Hell in a Cell as this is the real deal. If this feud, this storyline made it to the Hell in a Cell, that's how you know that you were watching A, like a top notch story. B, that it was, uh, you know, it wasn't like, you know, we've had, we have throughout the years so many different storylines, right? But there's always those ones that are at the very top. You knew they were at the very top if they ended in a, in a match like a Hell in a Cell. And so that for me was special if like a match that I was like a feud that I was really into ended up being a hell in a cell match like I remember being very excited about that and I took it seriously like oh my god like this is going to be the real thing and now that has been completely stripped away where it's okay it's the pay-per-view so you know whatever match is hot enough we'll make it in there and so yeah as a fan I've lost interest in the stipulation because it doesn't mean anything anymore and it used to mean something so to go back to our original question, uh, Denise Salcedo, how would you fix Survivor Series? How would I fix Survivor Series? Honestly, I would, okay, I have to agree with everything that we just talked about. Give it stakes, build up the actual feud, make it a big deal. When you're doing your pre-show, like talk about stats, talk about, you know, who's been the sole survivor, who hasn't been a sole survivor, what does it take to get there? How many matches have Raw won? How many have SmackDown won? Uh, important stuff like that, you know, just so that, you know, I like numbers, like I like video packages where they talk about the Royal Rumble numbers, where they talk about just little facts in general, because that gets you hyped up, right? And so doing something like that, and like I said, adding stakes and everything else that we just mentioned prior to this, I think would definitely elevate the Survivor Series a lot more. And I do think having those things would make it feel more unpredictable instead of just being like, okay, nobody cares if all of Raw wins or all of SmackDown wins, because come on, 2018 Survivor Series, and then the only match that SmackDown won was the pre-show match and then won nothing else. And, and you would think, okay, maybe something would happen. Let's let's play off of that. No, it was like completely forgotten. And so that already set a precedent for, hey, it doesn't really matter if Raw or SmackDown or NXT wins. Yeah, and that's it. And like I, I didn't say this in the Raw review um, when we did this on uh, Tuesday, but I, I was talking to to my wife about this, and I was talk, I was trying to explain to her like you know Survivor Series and sort of like you know what's going on in the in the product at the moment. And I just said to her, and I was like, the problem is WWE themselves don't care about Survivor Series, so I'm now watching a show where I'm wasting my time. Like I am what like this month has been a total waste of my time. 
it's been a waste of my time. It's been a waste of your time. It's been a waste of everyone's time watching the show because WWE are putting on a show they couldn't care less about. So why am I watching? Like, so now I'm just wasting my time. Luke, That's... do you want to know something sad? Oh, wait, actually, never mind. Finish your thought. No, I, feel like I just no, 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 you go. No, you go. What's that? Okay. I want to add to the fact that you said that you're wasting your time because last week I didn't do the Raw review. So mm -hmm. I have not seen Raw at all. Yeah. And based on, and I only caught like the last few minutes of Louis and Sean's uh, stream. So I only really caught a little bit. And here's the thing that I missed an entire week of Raw, three hours of television. And everybody within like four bullet points on Twitter was able to tell me what I missed. And I didn't miss anything. And here's the thing, like I should be behind. I should technically be behind. I should have missed a lot of storytelling. I should have missed a lot. But the truth is, I'm probably going to go back this Monday and I'm going to be seeing the exact same thing and nothing much is going to change. And obviously we get replays. So I'm perfectly fine. And it shouldn't be that way. I should have fallen behind. Exactly. Yeah. Like I think that the fact that there is no storyline reason for Survivor Series outside of it is November that is the, the easiest thing to, to fix on this is to give it some stakes, give it some actual purpose, give it a reason, but also, and you pointed this out, give it a follow-up. NXT won Survivor Series last year, but what did that mean for NXT? What did that mean for Raw? What did that mean for SmackDown? It meant nothing. Actually. They're not even in it this year. No. SmackDown uh, lost every single match apart from the pre-show uh, two years ago. Meant nothing for SmackDown. Meant absolutely diddly dick for them, and it meant absolutely nothing for Raw either. Like no one gained anything from this. And yeah, so I, there are some very simple, very simple things that you could do with Survivor Series. But I do think ultimately, before we, the last thing we'll sort of say on this, I think ultimately. WWE have not cared about Survivor Series for quite some time. I, I think there was a report like 15 years ago, maybe it was 10 years ago or something, where Vince McMahon wanted to drop Survivor Series because he didn't like it anymore. And so the company would just go like, oh, we're just not going to do Survivor Series. But then because the news broke out and a lot of fans got upset that they were taking away the thing and they were making a change, that they were like, oh, okay, well, we'll keep it then. So... I just think they've always had this sort of resentment against the show. And yeah, I think if, you, if you're not going to care about your pay-per-view, why bother putting it on? Exactly. And I don't like that. Like, care about it. If you care about it, we'll care about it. It's the cycle yeah. of life. Uh, right, let's move on to the AEW NXT ratings war. Uh, both shows were up from last week because they weren't coming up against, oh, weren't going up against rather the uh, the presidential coverage. Um, Full Gear was up 6.6% .6 to six, uh, 764,000 viewers, while NXT was up 3.6% to 632,000 viewers. Dynamite 17th in the all important 18 to 49 demo. Uh, NXT was at, uh, I think it didn't make it into the top 15. I think it pulled in a 0.16. So uh, NXT was up. Well, both you know both shows were up um otherwise you know dave Meltzer put up on twitter that it's not a great number for ray w coming off the back of a pay-per-view you'd expect a much bigger bump uh, especially a show that got such rave reviews as well so i think it would be seen as a bit of a disappointment for for dynamite uh thoughts on the shows last night well i will say okay so just to kind of give you a couple of my thoughts on the show so i thought that if you were going to compare any episode, any con any episode of AEW and NXT that aired the same week and were completely polar opposites, this was the perfect week to do that in, in the sense that 
NXT felt very, very wrestling, wrestling heavy. We got a lot of really good matches. Uh, there were only a few, like I would say, um, big moments. Obviously, the Leon Ruff thing was a big moment. And I know some people didn't like it. Some people did. I'm on the side that I did like it because it added the element of surprise. And whenever that can happen in wrestling, whenever I don't feel like I know what's going to happen or you know, I'm not completely surprised, I don't like that. I, I like to be surprised. And I was surprised with this. So I did like this. And, um, but other than that, I thought there was no, nothing really else, nothing else in the show on NXT that felt major. Then on AEW, I felt that this was very like, they just threw everything like ball to the wall, crazy. Like, let's do this. Let's do that. Now I was not a fan of everything that went down on the show. I wasn't a fan of how they introduced the, the Shaquille O'Neal announcement. I thought it could have been done completely different. I thought that Jade looked phenomenal, but she didn't cut a great promo. I thought the promo was very, very bad. I thought being put in a position like that, you have to have a better promo set, better promo skills, especially if you're going to be making making this big announcement and you know you're in this thing with Cody you have this big moment with Brandy and Brandy completely outshined her in terms of promo promo work like completely I thought Brandy did a great job I wasn't a fan of this whole segment though I thought it was just a little bit not really my style but I do have to applaud Brandy's promo work there and um there was a lot of other good stuff that happened on the show two totally different shows that I'm not going to complain about because I thought that they both brought two totally different things to different types of fans that might prefer certain things and might prefer, you know, again, like we've talked about this before, there's people that prefer just like straight wrestling and that's all we care about. And then there's people that want more of the bells and whistles, more of the entertainment aspect that we see AEW bring in. And so I thought they both offered different things. Yeah. Uh, Ollie and I, when we were talking about the, that Cody segments, we're just like, you know what? Like I didn't hate the segments. I didn't love the segment either, but I would not show it to a new fan. Like if I was trying to convince a new fan to come on board and watch AEW, that is not the segment I would show them. Like I would show them the main event, but I would not show them the Cody segments. Yeah, there was just a lot of question marks there. Like, first of all, who's this girl coming in? We don't know her. Eventually we got to that. Two, what is her relationship? What is her connection with Shaquille O'Neal? Three, why if, you know, if Shaquille O'Neal was, you know, at full gear, why couldn't they do like a pre-recorded segment or just something with his actual face and voice and likeness in it? So that's more of where like my thought process came into this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Well, let's dive into your Patreon mailbag questions. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, donate at any dollar amount, and leave a comment in the community section labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will just lose it. Bad at my job. Uh, we've got a packed old mailbag again this week. Rene says, hey, Luke and Denise, hope you're having a wonderful day. I was curious about your top five shows and one show that you wish you'd never watched. For me, it's Friends, Stranger Things, The Office Community, and Impractical Jokers, and I wish I'd never wasted my time watching Big Bang Theory. I just don't find it funny. Oh, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think Big Bang Theory is quite terrible. Uh, I think it's a very bad show. What? I was a fan of the Big Bang Theory. Like, maybe the last two seasons I didn't watch, but, like, all the early seasons I binge-watched. I, I got the flu for, like, two weeks, and I was at home, and that is what I watched was the Big Bang Theory. And um, what was his question, though? The five, top five uh, uh, The question was, um, if, like, top five shows, like, shows that you would watch, and a show that you wish you'd never really spent time watching. What are yours? Okay, I mean, Twilight Zone is my favorite TV show of all time. Um, Freaks and Geeks is a show that I absolutely love. Um, I think I'd probably go something like, I mean, because I'm watching Buffy at the moment, so I guess I would think that, but it's like not one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, Taskmaster is a great show. Frasier is always great. Um, and I want to pick something like, you know, 
because I do watch a lot of Friends. Friends is over here a lot. Like Friends plays like 20, Friends is like 24 hours a day. It's on here in the UK still in 2020. So I, I think I want to say Friends. Am I going to say Friends? G- say give me some it. of yours. Give me some of yours so I can I can give some time to think. Friends. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Those are like my favorite. I Love Lucy. Sex in the City. Um, oh God, a lot of recent ones too. Like I love, I love recent shows that I love the morning show, which is barely going oh, into that second great. season. Right. Was, really I, good show. I haven't finished it. We haven't finished it yet, oh, but it's okay. so good. Oh, Ooh, no, 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 I wasn't... oh no, I was scared. I was like, Oh, I don't want to give you any spoilers. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but like, oh, I'd love it. Jennifer Anderson is great in that show. Oh, she so is nice. rushing it in that show. She's so great. Here's my rule. If Reese Witherspoon is in it, I'm watching it. Yeah. I mean, my wife is the exact same thing. She is a she is a Hello Sunshine fan. Like if, yes. if it is a Hello Sunshine production, she is all over it. Yes, I, I, I'm with her on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and show I never okay. wish I watched. Um, God, I hated the last season of Lost. That was such a mm-hmm. good show. But the last season was awesome awful yeah I, I lost is a really good answer i think i'm not gonna say I, which is a shame because i loved dexter so much but the last season made me so mad that i kind of wish i'd never watched it and got invested um <laughs> that's, how, <laughs> I, I that's how i met your mother ending too actually yeah so like i don't want that crushing disappointment to happen again i should say the simpsons really as like my fifth one like you know seasons one through 13 maybe even up to 14 like it's you know modern day simpsons not as good but like you cannot touch cannot touch early days like those first four and that's pretty 14 years of of like quality entertainment like that's pretty good going um okay i might need you to help again because we it's my spanish lesson of the week uh denise oh let me uh, find it so it's uh, the second mailbag question is it frank Uh, uh, no, uh, no, Frank comes up later. Uh, that is another uh, Spanish lesson, but this one is from Juan. Juan. Yes. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. So, saludo familia. Say it again. Saludo familia. You know what? Not bad. Saludo familia. Yeah. Okay. And then, oh, okay. This one's okay, hard. Okay. It is. Okay. No, no I, I, I need to hear this one said out loud first because I can't read it. Que hay de nuevo? Uh, okay, even then I can't do it uh, because. <laughs> <laughs> so it's que. Que. I. I. De. De. Nuevo. Nuevo. Good que job. Do... <laughs> que you I did it, Luke. <laughs> I think. Ah, I nuevo. Yeah, you know what? It's not bad. Honestly, you have a good voice for it. You just got to get comfortable and confident. And I think you'd be able to pull it off. Yeah, the confidence thing is very much where I'm lacking. Uh, anyway, uh, listening to Luke's Spanish is just lovely. I don't think it is. Um, I'll make it a weekly thing. Maybe one day you'll be able to do a full mailbag in Spanish. That is big, big thinking. Um, I could barely do it in English. Uh, definitely, this is my favorite show of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's terribly thing. sad <laughs> first thing uh, Denise remember you said you were going to watch Walter versus Dragonoff I did I know, I know that you did because you watched it literally about an hour before we did this show 
I did. I remembered. I was like, oh, I'm every day, you know, those things that you're like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. But then you go the whole day and you didn't do it. And you're like, oh, I got to do this. Right. Well, I finally got to it today. And I was like, oh, my God, that's it. Like, I got to watch like the show's about to do it. And I know for a fact someone's going to ask me. Holy dang. All right. So I'll just start off by saying that I want to be Dragunov. That guy is a badass. I mm. want to be him. All right. Nobody should be doing any chops or slaps in wrestling right now unless they look like Walters, all right? If they're not that impressive, you can't do them right now. Take a moment. Take a break. Don't do it. Um, yeah. You'll just be outshined. Uh, you know, have you seen Rocky, the movie? Like oh, any of course. The movie? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know how like they, they when they put on those boxing fights and they're obvi- they're very cinematic. They get you in the story and you're like, oh my god, like what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Right? Like that feeling. Mm-hmm. I had that with this match where it felt like the storytelling was so strong in this match that it felt like you were watching something out of a movie, out of a film scene, like this very, very dramatic outcome between these two men who are just killing each other. And it's very different from just having a phenomenal match. It had that extra thing to it. And I don't even know what that extra thing is called, but it just had it. And um, I loved it. And one of the things that commentary kept talking about was the fact that they kept saying, oh, you know, they're redefining violence, redefining violence and all of that. And I really felt like they did that in terms of, you know, we've been seeing a lot of like hardcore matches, a lot of matches that are supposed to be very, very violent. And this one had no weapons, but it had more violence and more like grit more brutality than in anything else that I've seen of recent of recently that had weapons and blood and all of this other stuff included. Uh, Dragonoff's chest afterwards was completely damaged. Um, I don't know if he posted any sort of photos on social media about it. I haven't seen them, but I would love to see some photos from like afterwards because based on just what he looked like at that moment and you know, it's going to be worse afterwards. It was just incredible. Um, It was good stuff. And I, like I said, I just watched it right now. I'm really late to the party. So I have like all of this fresh uh, perspective into it right now, but it was really good. And I thought commentary did a great job at putting over Walter. <laughs> Not Walter. I, Walter. Walter. Yes. Uh, I. I mean, I've seen Walter Dragunov uh, have matches before, and like those two kill each other every single time, and it is great. Uh, uh, Walter is one of my favorite wrestlers on this planet. I think he is an incredible talent. You said there were no weapons in this match, but Walter is the weapon. Like he is an absolute machine of a man. He's so so charismatic, and like Dragunov, man. So we went to the BT Sports uh, WWE launch earlier this year, back in January, when we were allowed to see people and go to events, and. Um, they had like a couple of matches on and they uh, it was full of NXT UK guys although they did um they did Nikki Cross versus Charlotte Flair as well as the first match they've ever had together um which was pretty good uh, and Sheamus is very it was his return match it was the first match he had back from his injury against Andrade um and but the main events had uh, Mustache Mountain teaming with Dragunov and you know there's like I don't know 100 people at this event maybe but I got so in like Dragonoff whenever he makes his entrance. Me and Ollie have always said whenever Dragonoff makes his entrance, it brings out something primal in me. 
Like it really does. Like there's something guttural that comes out of me whenever I see Dragunov make his entrance. The way that he slaps the floor and everything, movement. like the movement, everything. He brings something primal out of me. It is. It's incredible the amount he does it. And like the the best thing about uh, NXT UK, which I don't think is a great product, but the best thing about it is that they have changed a lot of things about people. Like they will change presentations about a lot of wrestlers that I really like. But the one present, the two presentations they have not changed are Walter and Dragunov, and that's why they're the best people on the brand so let me ask you a question obviously since you're new you're in the uk do you think that they should just drop nxt uk and bring over those guys over to just regular nxt i i personally absolutely like i have got a i've got a bit of a bug in i've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet against nxt uk because it was launched for totally cynical reasons um world of sport was being launched here on itv so wwe would annoyed that they didn't get the itv spot because that's what they've been wanting to get for years they've been wanting to get off sky and go to itv where it's on free tv and like and it's a much bigger audience like uh you know someone pointed out recently that AEW's itv numbers despite the fact that it's shown at like 11 p.m here on a random ass monday draws way better than wwe figures do because it's on free tv and like it's you know it, it, it's on a massive tape delay but it's on free tv so it just it's automatically going to draw way better numbers than wwe does on bc sport which i'd imagine is probably a bit of a you know pisses them off a little bit so they launched nxt uk for completely cynical reasons they then went and they just hoovered up a lot of the really good talent around the uk for very cynical reasons particularly because some of them were trying to sign with world of sports so they just stacked them away to just sign them out with no plans for them whatsoever and then they were saying like, ah, oh, we're going to be working with these British promotions. We're going to be doing this now. Yeah. And then, and then what they ended up doing was taking talent away from them and making them shut down. We've lost a lot of UK promotions because of NXT UK. So I do have a bit of a bug in, a bit of a bee in my bonnet against them. So I would like to see that brand shut down. And because like, there's so much great talent that they've signed up. I want to see them. On, if you're going to sign them, put them on a much bigger platform where you are going to get the best out of them. Like there should be, there's no reason outside of Walter not wanting to be there. Why Walter shouldn't be on NXT, the main NXT card, uh, or actually on Raw and SmackDown. Like and Dragonoff, like he should be on Raw and SmackDown. It shouldn't be that hard. As a person who covers wrestling, for example, I'm watching this match two weeks late. It shouldn't be like that. It should be like this match was on a show that I'm watching on a weekly basis religiously. And I didn't have to make time, extra time to go out of my way to watch it. And I'm saying that because when you have talent that is that good, they should be put at the forefront of your you know, your products that you're pushing out to the mainstream world. And yeah, NXT UK is more, you know, geared towards a different audience to a more niche audience. And so it is harder for the, not harder for the masses to see it, but it's more, you know, you, the, the masses would have to go out of their way to actually watch this unless it's part of their regular programming. And it doesn't make sense to me why, hey, I'm watching three hours of Raw where I'm seeing the same matches over and over where you have this hidden gem over at NXT NXT UK and you're putting out matches like this if people weren't talking about this match probably nobody would even go in and watch it part of the reason why I and so many other people are going to tune in to watch this match is because people were talking about it and so like I said it should just be put out there you want to you know there's so much talk every single week about ratings and ratings war okay if I owned any company I'm gonna put my very best 
in the front so that I could be the winner. And so, yeah. And for all the reasons that you said, I do agree with you. If somebody signs of a athlete, it doesn't matter from where if you're from the UK, if you're from wherever, if you sign with WWE, who is the biggest company in the world in wrestling, I don't care what anyone says. That's, that's just the truth. Um, those are just the facts. They're the biggest company. So when you bring in talent, you want to make sure that they get that proper exposure that somebody like a Randy Orton or a Becky Lynch would get. You want to have that, and they shouldn't be niched down into this box where it's just, okay, you're from the UK, you work this style, let's put you in this brand. Yeah, it is baffling that they've got Kylie Ray and they've got uh, Viper, and they're just stuck on NXT UK. Like, those are two incredible wrestlers who should be on a much bigger stage than what they are like kylie ray uh has been kaylee ray rather has been like uh she's been nxt uk women's champion for like i don't know five years at this point and like you know and like it means nothing it means absolutely nothing and it's a real shame because she is such a great talent who should be on a much much bigger stage than what she is um we need to move on because we've got like we're running out of time we've still got loads of questions that we've not got to yet uh Manaraj, uh when did it become cool to cheer the bad guy uh, the NWO, 1996, I would guess. I think I started cheering the bad guy like naturally. It was just a natural thing from being a fan in the early days. Like I don't remember a specific moment. It was just a natural thing. Uh, Jamie Shields, um, as I listen to this, I'm currently on my long run. Check this out, 10 kilometers plus. Like That's a long-ass run, Jamie. Uh, you're my podcast of choice for my weekend run, and I appreciate what you guys do. It allows the time to pass quickly. Thank you very much for listening, Jamie. Um, who is your most underrated wrestler, past or present? Not necessarily because they didn't get used on TV, but because you see something in them which makes you wish they could be pushed more. Mine is Chad Gable. That's a really good pick. Um, yeah. What's yours? I mean, Ricochet is the one that springs to mind of just like, I look at that guy and I'm like, why aren't you uh, in a much higher position on the card than you currently are? I, uh, Mustafa Ali, actually, you know, from the uh, the same reason where I look at him and I'm like, how is this guy just like constantly being put into either storylines that go nowhere or terrible gimmicks that aren't going to get him over? See, I think in WWE, you nailed it in terms of Gable and Mustafa Ali. Outside of outside of WWE, in terms of like underrated, I would definitely say Jay White. I feel that he's done so much and has changed so much and has so many positives, but I don't necessarily think he gets the credit that he deserves from the fans. Do you know what? I, Jay White's a really interesting one because three years ago when Gato was pushing him being like, Hey, he's going to be our next guy. And particularly after, you know, they, they, I think they probably thought sort of writing on the wall that Kenny might be going that they were like, we're going to push him. They put him over Tanahashi and they'll listen to the other. And like a lot of people were like, ah, Jay white, really? Are we sure? Are we sure on this one? I don't think this is going to work at all, but dude has pulled it out the bag. Like Gato saw it. and We did not. And that is full credit to Gato. That is full credit to Jay white as well. That guy is incredible. What an amazing talent he is now. What a proper main event talent he has become. Uh, and that is through hard work and a company being fully behind someone. Yeah, absolutely. Like, full credit to them. Yeah, I uh, agree. Chris Duncan, uh, if you could trade one uh, star right now between Raw and SmackDown, who would you choose and why? Uh, he picked Tucker to SmackDown, Big E to Raw. Uh, I, yeah. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what. I, I, Seth Rollins back to Raw so we can get him away from uh, Buddy Murphy, Aaliyah, and the Mysterios. Just like just any way to separate them out. 
I I just feel that because we just had the draft, it, I don't feel like I have anybody that I'm like, oh, this person should move back over here. Um, I don't know, maybe Biggie back with New Day. That would probably mm. be the only thing I can think of right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I, I you know, Chris's reason for putting Tucker on SmackDown is just so he can feud with Otis. Um which at least makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I completely agree with that. Uh, right here, more Spanish here from Frank. Um, oh, let me pull this up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so me, I can oh, get that. Am one. I reading it or are you reading it? Sorry. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think I need you to say it first so I can kind of like because I get because if I was to look at this, I would say, pregunta. So it's mi pregunta es para Luke. I wasn't far off there because I said so. Mi pregunta es es para Luke. Yeah, mi pregunta es para Luke. Mi pregunta so, es para Luke. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know it... if you understood what he's saying, but yeah, he's saying that this question is for you. Okay, what did the first one mean then? Um, the first one, he was just basically saying like, hey, like what's new? Oh, okay, cool. Hey, yeah. What's new? No, not much. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm a bit tired, but I'm okay. Uh, Frank says, I don't know who the current champion is. You don't. You don't know who the current champion is, and there is a reason. I don't why either. I don't see him. And there's a reason why you might not have known that Ollie Davis was the champion, Frank, and that's because he wouldn't wear the title on streams because he doesn't care about this title like I do. Um, he says, "Will anyone else in the office challenge for the championship?" It seems like only the top stars are going for it at the moment. I'd like to see Andy, Adam, or even Denise challenge for the title. Excuse me, top stars, and not mentioning Denise Salcedo. How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, other people will eventually go for it. It's just that, yeah, we want to try and get the belt over. So we're using the top guys. Top I was going to say, what is the shipping cost to get that belt over to Los Angeles? I oh. think that might be the issue. I was going to say, it's costing us like 40, 50 quid a time just to send it in Ubers across London. Like, I don't think we want to then start sending it across like to the US. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God. Uh, Oliver Flood, this is a great question. Uh, I've noticed the match graphics for Sasha versus Asuka and noticed how weird it is that Asuka has this kick-ass green makeup leaking from her eyes and mouth, but is smiling. Wouldn't it make more sense for her to be doing a cooler pose? And my question is, what are your favorite kind of match graphics? Personally, I miss the moving ones. Oh, I loved moving graphics from like sort of 2003, 2004. Oh, we should do one. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one. <laughs> we did it yeah i was like the rocks one where he's just like just like throwing the hand up to them it was so great. Had a good one, and then they would like pause and like yeah. i don't know i love <laughs> those those were good um yeah I, I i've always had this this has actually been one of my small like pet peeves against wwe match graphics is that everyone is smiling and i hate it it's like be mean you're wrestlers you're about to like fight each other and they're like <laughs> I'm having a match now. Well, everyone wants to look cute. No one wants to look look. I was gonna say look and look ugly. <laughs> and all those I was gonna say no one wants to look ugly Luke. And then I said Luke. <laughs> That's a tongue and, and, and then what you said, unfortunately, was a Freudian slip where you're like, you're butt ugly, Luke. <laughs> I Okay, I did not mean to call you ugly. I was trying to say no one wants to look ugly, Luke. <laughs> Hollywood Salcedo coming out here, spitting some fire at me. <laughs> oh, man, I can't. Oh, man. I can't. <laughs> 
Uh, Kid Gaskin says, I'm not sure if this question has been asked before. What's the best and worst year to be a WWE fan? Uh, 2000, be the best. That is a flawless year of wrestling. And the worst is 2010. Uh, it was a year that nearly made me stop watching, but absolutely 100%. The best is the year 2000. Brilliant, brilliant year. I think we had a question similar to this last week, some something along those lines. And I got to agree with you on 2000. I mean, for me, that was I was a big fan of it because it was like peak Triple H and I was a Triple H fan. So so I, I, was, a rock say, guy. I was a peak what? rock guy. I was a peak rock guy at that point as well. So I was like always looking for my boy to win that title. Should have happened at WrestleMania. Should have happened at WrestleMania 2000. And then I think my answer was 2013 The Miz. Um, Marcus Sol Campbell, um, who do you think shot Johnny Bravo? Personally, I think Tommy Dreamer is responsible. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea at this point. Let's say Mo. I feel. Uh, I, oh, wait, who'd you say? Who did you say? I was. It was. I was making the Simpsons reference. I have no oh. idea. At this point. I didn't watch the Simpsons. Like I watched <gasps> it very rarely, so I have no. Like if you give me a Simpsons joke right now or something that's very common in their fandom, it would just go over my head. Oh, Denise! I thought wrestling fans. I thought all wrestling fans were also Simpsons fans. That's what. Really pretty much. Really, it's pretty. That's all I ever see on Twitter is people making Simpsons Simpsons jokes, but with wrestling. Um. Uh, Flaming Live has got a question. Uh, anyone else feel like we're getting back and forth with Randy and the title? He's at 14. I can see Miz cashing in and then getting it back to 15. Edge getting it in Mania and Randy getting it back for 16. Then lose it to someone, let's say The Fiend. SummerSlam, Cena returns versus Fiend versus Randy. So I, so both of them are going for their record-breaking title win. My fantasy booking would be The Fiend goes over using the two biggest stars in WWE history to do it. For example, if they want to see the 17th win, they have to go through The Fiend. Um, oh, man. I'm. I, do you know what? I am going to say no on this one, Flaming Live, because I, I don't want to see Randy and John Cena feuding for the title in 2021. Because you want to talk about something that's been played out and done to death. I, I be. I'm so over that. I agree with you, but at the same time, like seeing where Randy Orton is going, you can't help but to wonder if it's going to happen. But I would hope not, just because I think that again, it's 2020. We got to see new faces, new champions. Yeah, even if you're using that to get the fiend over, I don't think it's going to make a blind bit of difference. Um, and he also adds as well, challenge for Luke, as I've actually just noticed myself doing a lot. What is the live streams? And you grab your head a lot. I think it's because I sort of do this, um, sort of like and rub my head. Uh, my challenge is the do next that on our stream. Well, I don't know, but sometimes I like, I mean, I literally just itched my forehead because I was, I had an itch that I had to scratch. Um, <laughs> Flaming Life says, my challenge for the next watch along, don't grab or touch or hold your head. Absolutely not. If I need to touch or grab or hold my head, I'm going to. Particularly if I'm shocked about something, I'm like, <gasps> like, that's what you do when you're shocked at something. You grab your head and be like, <gasps> oh my God. Like, surely, right? That is savage. You're going to be like with an itchy nose, just wiggling your nose around. <laughs> See, now my uh, nose is itchy. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I'm just saying that now, my nose has to be, I just to touch my, when, um, before, like, we left the studio, um, so it was, like, in early days of, like, the, the COVID panic, um, I do that, like, I itch my nose a lot, because, like, you know, it just gets itchy, and there were so many comments being, like, stop touching your face, like, now's the time to just really stop touching your face, because, like, that was the, the early doors, it was, like, you know, stop, if you go outside, don't then go inside and start touching your face, you know, wash oh, your yeah. hands and everything like that. and of course, like, you know, I'm always, I was washing my hands, because that was the, the you know, that was the, the guidance at the time but then i would like you know touch my face in the stream people were like stop touching your face 
you're like, you've got to stop touching your face. Yeah, I get that because I remember everybody was saying that, like even family members were doing it like right at the start and you didn't realize how much you actually touched your no. face until you couldn't. Didn't realize it. And then but the more people said it, the more I had to do it. The more <laughs> I'd be like, okay, sorry, you've said it again. And now, now my, my, my head's itchy again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kevin says we praised w- uh, sorry we praised AEW for getting going momentum rightfully so uh, we had the likes of Cage Archer um, XLAX Brody Lee Hager being pushed when they joined the company which gave us great programs but after Moxie's victories with Archer Cage and to an extent Brody Lee those guys have cooled off a bit um, you can't have a program for everyone but it feels like there's a lot of up mid carders with not much to do what are your thoughts. I agree. I feel that sometimes it feels like AEW has ideas for certain guys, but not for everybody. So then you see certain guys sort of left out in the cold. And I mean, I'm not going to go on a rant, but I'll mention again, the Lucha Brothers, Brian Cage, Santana and Ortiz. Those are just a couple of names and there's so many more. Scorpio Sky. I mean, you can really go on and on, but that's also a testament to how strong their roster is. But again, you got to sometimes highlight certain guys and I don't feel like we get that each and every single week. There's been certain weeks where I'm like, why are we getting a focus on this guy when, you know, we're not paying attention to this guy? Like even private party, they got that win over Young Bucks. And then what happened after that? They're still in the same spot that they were a year ago on the roster. Yeah, it felt like that win was more for the Bucks than it was for for Private Party, which is like the shock of the Bucks going out first round. Um, I, I, I do agree uh, in, in a sense. I do think that it's, I think that AEW, uh, their sort of plan is to, is cycling people in and out. So like, you know, Brody Lee was involved in this storyline here, but so as to not overexpose him, we're just going to cycle him out of storylines and then bring him back when the time is right to, to bring that character back. I think that, and that way, you, like guys always stay fresh. It's kind of like, you know, various, it's like a season of a show. Like you keep characters fresh. You don't overexpose them. I wish they'd do it with Orange Cassidy um, because yeah. he's a character. And I know he's a ratings mover and stuff, but man, you don't want to overexpose that character because it can get stale very quickly. Um, Callum says, with Undertaker having his final farewell at Survivor Series and the Fiend teasing he's going to confront him, do you think it will actually happen? Do you think they'll have a match at Mania to be Undertaker's actual final match in front of a crowd, hopefully? Like, I know Undertaker was doing the press rounds this week, and he said that he's not having one more match and doing a cinematic match would be cheating. But I, I'll believe it when I see it. Like I'm, I'm kind of at that point with Undertaker. I will believe. Like, I'm. That was one of the things I'm kind of looking forward to Survivor Series. I'll believe it when I see it. If Undertaker is actually, this is actually a final farewell, or if it's just the tease that we're like, he's going to come out in a salmon suit, and it's just going to be, you know, the tease of a retirement. I don't. When I got the press release, I thought, oh, okay. But I didn't actually take it seriously that, hey, this is going to be The Undertaker's retirement. I was just like, all right, cool. We're giving this a name. He's showing up and it's his farewell. I mean, I watched We're giving it a name. Yeah, I'm like, they're just giving it a name. <laughs> Absolute burial of this idea. Oh, great. They're giving it a name, have they? That's how I felt. Like, do you honestly believe that it's his retirement? Okay, I watched the Last Ride documentary. Even on the documentary, he said he talked about this. He said that, yeah, he says, okay, Vince, it's my last match, blah, blah, blah. And then Vince gives him that call and he, you know, he can't say no. And he's the undertaker and he says yes. And he has that cycle where he pushes himself. I mean, come on. We just saw the documentary gave us all the answers 
Um, Conor King, if you could pick one star from each major company to face each other, who would you choose? I'd love to see a match where it's Balor versus Pentagon uh, versus Osprey versus Callahan versus Kenny King. Okay, so it's all going to be in the same match. Uh, in which case, then, I'm going for Roman Reigns, um, Kenny Omega, Sammy Callahan, Kazuchika Okada, and... Hmm, who am I going to pick from ROH? I'd have picked Rouge, but I don't think he's with the company anymore. I was going to give you an answer, but it's the answer I'm going to use. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> am I going to pick? I mean, yeah, I suppose, I suppose I could pick my mate Joe, Joe Hendry. Okay, so that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to pick Joe. I'm going to pick Joe Hendry. He can make that's a song about it. Exactly, yeah. And he would make a great song about it as well. Who was your pick? All right. Bandito. <laughs> okay, yeah, great shout. A uh, Bandito. Uh are we doing Raw SmackDown NXT or just WWE? Sorry. Just just WWE brackets general. Um, okay. I would go with uh who am I gonna go with? Oh crap. You know what? Because I just watched him 10 seconds ago. I'm gonna go with Walter. Mm-hmm. And then um for New Japan, I'm gonna go with Hiromu. And then, oh, this is going to be a pretty interesting match. All right. And then um, AEW, I'll go with Hangman Page. Impact, I will go with Willie Mack. Oh, that's a great show. Oh, that's a really, really good show for, for old Willie Mack. Yeah. A bunch of spots with a bunch of chops thrown in there. <laughs> uh the snapdragon rio Odonte. uh thank you very much for your thoughts on the comparisons between aew and ww we don't really have time to sort of go into them now but thank you very much for those it was really really interesting uh my question happens to be about quizzle mania if you guys tried to get the what culture guys on the show i'd love to see all of you guys clash in the chance at the trophy i think if memory serves so like early doors like when when quizzle mania first started up and we realized that it was it was something that people liked it was only meant to be a one-off thing it was just meant to be uh, one show that we did because people were looking for some entertainment and we thought well, that'd be a fun thing to do everyone's doing quizzes at the moment we'll do a wrestling based quiz uh, and then people really liked it so we're like well i guess we'll do a second then and uh, we'll get larson on that'd be really fun and then it sort of snowballed from there into you know to the behemoth that it is now um so I think early doors, when we were like reaching out to people, we did send some uh, messages out. I don't think they ever really got back to us. Um, so yeah, but I think I think we have reached out to them previously. But do you know what? We've got bigger guests on. Is that the rule? Like you reach out once, you get rejected, and you're like, nope, time has passed. Yeah. I was going to say time has passed. The only time that's that, my okay. rule in life. <laughs> and as I said, we've got bigger stars now. We've got Denise Salcedo on our show. We've got Sean Rossap on the show now. Exactly. We've got Queen of the <laughs> Ring. What about Brian Zane? uh jobber jj hey team danuk i've been watching the invasion and i'm up to that wcw main event of raw and it's clear to me that wwe set themselves up for failure with the presentation and match that wasn't good my question is how would you have made the wcw main event better jobber jj there is one simple answer to this don't put buff megan bagwell in the main event you put lance storm in that main event that is one way around it that was literally going to be my exact answer, all right? Like, my exact... There's no reason why it shouldn't have been Lance Storm, all right? should have been Lance Storm, yeah. Absolutely. I And the other thing would have been for WWE to have not wanted it to fail. Like, clearly, they wanted that to be such an epic failure, so they had an excuse not to do it anymore. Um, 
Andrew Donnelly, uh, if you could make one change to the Royal Rumble, what would it be? Uh, P.S. I'm from the northeast of Scotland. Can I hear Denise try and do a Scottish accent? Wait, what do Scottish people sound like? <laughs> like Scotland. Drew oh, like McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. That's right, yeah. right? I, what should I say? <laughs> could you I, just say, uh, I am, I mean, to make it easy, you could just say, I am Drew McIntyre. I am the WWE champion. Wait, can you do it one more time? <laughs> I'm Drew McIntyre. I'm the WWE champion. I can't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, hold on. It's not coming out. It's not coming out. It's going to be terrible. I'm Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm Drew I can't make a Scottish accent. It doesn't come out right. It sounds Indian. My Scottish accent sounds Indian. Oh, it's not working. Yeah, that, I'm afraid that didn't quite get a plan, did it? Um, anyway, Sandra said, if you could make one change to the Royal Rumble, what would it be? Um, Maybe don't waste the spots on like legends that we don't really want to see. Is that something? Oh yeah, I, I quite like the legend spot sometimes. Um, I yeah, I think yeah, but I think it's gonna be the right kind of like legend spot. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, a legend spot that means something. So like, I mean, I know a lot of people kind of bury it because he's in the Hall of Fame now, but the use of Drew Carey in the 2001 Royal Rumble was absolutely perfect because it was all done to get Kane over, and it massively got Kane over. Like it was. That is, it's one of my favorite Rumbles of all time, and that spot, it's so so funny, and it comes beautifully after the moment with the honky tonk man as well like that i i think the use of the honky tonk man and drew carey that is how you should use like legends and celebrity cameos in the royal rumble right don't use like the same surprise legends that we see each and every single royal rumble though like mix it yeah. up let it be someone that we haven't seen in a long time and don't overexpose it either. Like, do you remember that year when all three of the commentators got their spot in the Rumble? Like Michael oh. Cole, Lawler, and JBL all got in. Like, that, don't, that's don't the fun. Yeah. Uh, Brian Neat, uh, sorry, Bryant Heath rather says, uh, I hope you're both happy and healthy. I just wanted to ask, what's your guys' favorite Thanksgiving memory? To be a question more for you than I, because we don't have Thanksgiving here. So I don't have Thanksgiving memories. Wow. I completely forgot that Thanksgiving is an American thing. Uh, like for a second, I was going to go, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. And then I remembered the whole Thanksgiving pilgrims and Indians. And I was like, oh, wait, oops, that's only exclusive to us. My bad. Um, My favorite Thanksgiving memories are all like the ones from like early elementary school where we used to do the little turkey with the hand. And then I just love to eat stuffing each and every single year because it's delicious. And that's sorry, my I favorite ask, part of Sorry. Can I ask you a question? The turkey yeah. with the hand. Oh, you don't know the turkey with the hand? No, it's turkey with the hand. What, does the turkey have a hand? No. So basically what they do is you're a little kid and you put your hand on construction paper and then mm -hmm. you, you trace your hand and you make a turkey with it. So these are the feathers oh, okay. and then yeah, this yeah. is the head and it's okay. a turkey hand. <laughs> That makes more sense. I thought you were drawing turkeys. They've got like human hands. I was like, what, what, is, what is wrong with America? <laughs> These Americans be crazy, man. We do be <laughs> crazy over here. <laughs> 
Um, we recently, just a couple of years ago, uh, obviously we can't do it now. Uh, we started doing Friendsgiving. It was just an excuse for us to to get together, and we would like we would try and like make. I mean, you know, vegetarian, so I would we would have like a nut roast or something. But it was just an excuse for us to get together and have a nice big meal together and just watch films. That was really nice. So it's yeah. becoming a big thing here. Like people do like three dinners that week, like Friendsgiving at this family, Friendsgiving here, dinner with this person. It's a whole thing now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do love a big, big like Christmas dinner with with uh, friends and family. It's great. What do you uh, do for Christmas in the what UK? Do for Christmas? Uh, turkey is what we would have for, for Christmas. Like well, well, a turkey and a pork is, is what we would usually do. Like uh, when I was a youngster or turkey and beef sometimes. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I used to, and actually, do you know, what? I was one of the few people who actually liked turkey because I like to have a turkey sandwich afterwards. It's like the, one of the best things about Christmas is you would have like your turkey lunch all the trimmings and you're so so stuffed and then it gets to sort of about like you know nine half nine ten o'clock and you're like oh, okay the know, the royal family christmas special is going to be on let's uh let's get some turkey sandwiches mate you get some turkey put some stuffing in there some cranberry sauce bit of salt and pepper oh thick white bread beautiful love it sounds beautiful can't wait for thanksgiving now <laughs> Uh, Alex Kirkman says, I'll reach Luke and Denise. Hope you're living at large. Here's my question. If WWE go with The Rock versus Roman at Mania, do you think the feud needs the title? No. No. Nope, absolutely not. Um, the American dad asked Jesse Long, uh, Lord knows AEW doesn't have room for another championship, but if they did and they absolutely had to, what new championship would you like to be added to AEW? Uh, trio's title is the title I would like to add. I would say, given that they have so many people, the trio's title might be the best one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brandon Williams, this is my first mailbag. Yes, please. Uh, I just wanted to ask, where do you think AEW would be right now if the uh, in the ratings if COVID-19 wasn't a thing? Do you think they would stay consistently over a million viewers? I also wanted to say thank you for doing what you do in these trying times. Even though I stopped watching wrestling, you guys are the reason I keep up with it. Uh, keep up the good work and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Brandon. That, that's really kind of you to say. Um, honestly, I think AEW would be in the exact same position they're in now. I don't think it would have been much higher. I don't think it would be any lower. I think they'd still be where they are. I agree. I think they didn't. They only hit like a million or surpass a million when they uh, debuted. And that's about it from my understanding. I think no, they did do over a million again this year. I think there was an episode with Jericho. Was it the, I wouldn't think it was the Jericho 30th anniversary episode, but there was an episode they did that did over a million. But I think it was when they were unopposed as well. Like when they... Oh. Uh, when NXT went and going against, and that's the thing is really is NXT is and the whole purpose of putting NXT against them wasn't to beat with the ratings, was just to siphon viewers away from them. Um, Mark Jones says, hi, Luke and Denise, uh, coming back with a mailbag question this week. I watched the AEW games launch on YouTube and wonder what you guys thought of it. I've been playing wrestling games as WWF in your house on the PlayStation. I have to admit, I really like the look of the console game. I think that's potential to be great. I've never played No Mercy or WCW NWO Revenge as I never owned an N64. Um, so I don't know what Getter is all about. Do you think the console game will be any good? I suppose it can't be as bad as 2K20. Um, I am excited for the console game. I know some people have been a bit snarky about the the way that it looks, uh, but I think that's kind of the point. It's supposed to look like a bit sort of cartoony stuff because it's going to be an arcade style game. So I think that is kind of the, the point. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I'm a, I'm a No Mercy fan, NWA, uh, sorry, WCW, NWA, Revenge, WrestleMania 2000. I love those kind of arcade. I don't like sports simulation games. So I am much more of an arcade style player. So I'm very, very, I'm, 
cautiously optimistic about it. I'm way more into it than I am the GM mode or the, the whatever that casino game is. Uh, but Denise, I know you are not a games player. So uh, do you I have any thoughts? Games. But I'm totally opposite of you. If I were going to play anything, I would play that GM game or that casino double or nothing game because I do download mobile games every now and then. But then I'm that person that'll download a game. I'll play a bunch of rounds. And then when I run out of all the free tokens and like the free lives and stuff like that, I uninstall the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're not the whale that they're after. That, that is what no. you, you know about this. Like that they, they're the whale players. No. It's basically like, well, so like mobile gaming is all about making you spend money. So like they give you a free taster and then they want you to spend money to continue playing it. And if you are one of those people who are a heavy user, you're called a whale. And like, and that is what mobile gamers are after. They're after whales that they can reek, like, rinse a lot of money on. I know, right? And I've previously I been to a, be a whale. I've, I've once was a whale for a game. Um, Simpsons tapped out. I spent so much money. I spent probably about two hundred pounds on that game. And, <laughs> and what was the point? Because it was an interactive coloring book. Like, what, what was I thinking? It was a coloring book. It's basically a coloring book because like you build your own, like I, I I, call it disparagingly now it's an interactive coloring book because that's what it is. Like you just, you're basically building your own little Springfield town and you're like making people do tasks to get money, but you want to make them do the task quicker. So you spend money. I spent so much money on it. And what was the point? <laughs> what was the absolute purpose of me doing that? Talk about a waste of money. You could have gotten those fancy pants for a half amount. <laughs> do you realize your money could have been spent way differently? <laughs> You could have had two right. pairs of those fancy pants. I could have been Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah. Um, uh, and the second part of that is your all-time favorite wrestling game. Uh, and to echo yours, it's um, SmackDown. Uh, not uh, One is SmackDown, uh, Here Comes the Pain is definitely my favorite uh, wrestling game I've ever played outside of um, No Mercy in WrestleMania 2000. I think I played Raw versus SmackDown. I don't know. It was like 2000, 2002, something like that. I played it like a couple of times. I had a season going and then my season got deleted. <laughs> and I never played again. I was so pissed. I never went back. Um, and actually, Drew Smith has also got uh, feelings about the AEW video game. Um, will you be playing it on your Twitch channel? I'm still subscribed to you guys. I would love to see you play through it, whatever the story mode they'll have. I think that when AEW do drop the video game, we may do something around either streaming it on YouTube or streaming it on Twitch. Um, I mean, I, I would be up for it. We need to find a way to do it for so that it's entertaining because if it's just one of us on our own, I don't think it'll be quite as good. Um, but we'll we'll find a way to do it. Uh, Philip O'Reilly, I hope you guys are having a good day. This is our last question. Uh, Luke, with you and Mr. Davis constantly unable to defend your championship, I was wondering how much is the taxi fare to each other's houses? What do you think the taxi driver is thinking? Uh, and what is Denise's opinion on all of this? Uh, can you also say hi to my eight-year-old Liam who likes Luke but loves Denise? Oh, I'm so happy that I'm loved. Um, First of all, thank you so much for sending love to me and Liam. Thank you so much for watching the show and loving me more than Luke. <laughs> uh, so yes, so it costs us about 50, 40, 50 quid to send this uh, title back and forth. Some might say that's also a bit of a waste of money. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know what the taxi drivers think. I'm, I don't know if Davis tells them in advance what they're, that they're just taking cargo as opposed to people. Um, I just, it, it, a taxi arrives and I put it in the back or it arrives and I just take it out of the back. But yeah, what are, what are your thoughts, Denise? Have you seen us exchange the title belts? I haven't seen you guys do that. I need to see that. But I'm like shocked that you guys like use taxis. And like, I forget that like taxis to me is like a New York thing. 
And then after that, like, I forget they exist. Um, I mean, so I, I can show you, I've got one championship change that I can show you that it's loaded into the back end. This was when I lost the title. Two hours later. So that is what we're doing. <laughs> I have a million questions. Okay, so first of all, your taxis aren't yellow. No, no, they're just regular cars because they're just Ubers. Okay, that's what I'm saying, but you call it taxi. So I thought you were talking like a yellow taxi, not like an Uber or a Lyft. No, no, like our, our taxis, like uh, you've got like black cab taxis in London, but like if you are a cab, you are just called a taxi. I'm so confused. Secondly, <laughs> how far do you live? Like how far apart do you live from Ollie? Um, let me get, I can Google map that. Because I am West London and he is North London. Okay, so ask me another question while I Google map it. Yeah, because, okay. And then um, my third question, or not question, but like statement is, I don't think that would work here in Los Angeles. I think my <laughs> Lyft driver would see all that gold and keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone did say, guys, do you remember Jericho lost his title like through this yeah, sort of thing? Yeah. You just don't know. Like people might be like, you never know. They'd be like, like they they'd be thinking like it's be worth a lot more. So then they might be willing to risk it. You know, I would not trust this form of transportation for your belt. Uh, so it's twenty three miles um, is to get to from mine and Ollie's house. How many minutes is that? Um, with today's traffic, um, one hour nine minutes. Oh. Okay, yeah, that's I can I don't know why, but I had the assumption that you guys all lived relatively close to each other and could like walk to each other's house and like I don't know, just take the tube or something. <laughs> no, if I was to take the tube, it would take me, I think, probably about an hour and a half to get to Ollie's house. That was about an hour 14. I can get the central and get into Victoria. Um shuck. Because I've only yeah, been yeah. to London one time and I was only there for like three days. So it's a big place. Yeah, it, so like, it, it, it's, it's talking it's to a big me. Place. <laughs> Denise, it's the first time you've been on Quizlemania since the tag team match, I think, when you were teaming with SRS. Uh, how did you find being a solo competitor again? So this was my third time on Quizlemania. I've been part of a losing team or on the losing end all three times. I did better on my first Quizzleming. I think I was third place. In you the did, first yeah. I think yeah. James Mansfield came bottom in that one, and you you did beat James. And I've just gotten worse and worse throughout my Quizzleming lifetime. And you know what? It's just my brain, Luke. Like some <laughs> people are really good at remembering stuff. That's not me. I don't remember no. anything. <laughs> There's the moment, because I say I wasn't on this week's um, uh, Quizlemania, but I was editing the podcast version of it. And I got to the first uh, championship jamble. And it was a fight between you, Alex, and Ollie for who gets control of the board. And there is like 10 minutes of neither of you three being able to answer a question. That is <laughs> it's wonderful listening. I was like, please, God, please let Alex or Ollie say something. Just please, someone speak. And I don't like silence. Whenever in life someone is being silent, I feel the need to speak. And I don't always think. I just need to speak to fill that silence. And so it was just horrible. Like, 
I had so much anxiety in those couple of minutes and like I was ready to have a freaking heart attack. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm, my plan is to do my big shop today uh, to go get my grocery shop. I, am I doing it today or tomorrow? But I'm listening to that podcast. Like that is, I've got it lined up. I've got it queued up because I've not. I've, I've only edited it brief, like the just sort of in chunks. So I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to the whole thing. It's you're going to be ashamed of me. You're not going <laughs> to want to do the show with me. There were some no, questions no. that I got wrong that were very questionable. <laughs> was terrible after this like i was telling my fiance all the questions i got wrong and he's like oh my god denise like how and i was like i don't know like my brain just doesn't work that way and i really do think that there's people like yourself that are really good at retaining information like that and then there's people like me that like watch everything but don't retain the memory I mean, it was an admirable performance, uh, and I would never not want to do this show with you. It's my favorite show of the Thank week. You. Um, I, I said as much in my uh, my shoot promo that I, I I did on Twitter. I saw that I was dying of laughter at the fact that how everybody did a promo, everybody and everybody did something so different from like the other person that I thought was like the best part because everybody just brought in their own piece of their personality, and so it was really fun. I did that on my day off from work as well. Like I was sitting here, like uh, I was playing the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and I thought, oh man, I need to do a promo for Quizzlemania. And I had this idea of what I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i just do it now quickly. And as soon as I posted it, I got a DM from Sean that was just like, I was literally about to post the same video. Like, <laughs> I stole his so spot. about that on Quizzlemania. He was like, I got scooped. They scooped me. Luke stole my promo, this and that. And I was like, wow. Sorry, you weren't as creative. <laughs> I know. It's supposed to be like, whoops, I stole your spot. I'm basically the super juniors, like before Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho taking all of their spots. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was a really, really fun show. I'm, I'm so looking forward to, to listening to the whole thing, Denise. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you as well before I ask you about your weekend, it's Friday the 13th today. Are you a uh, Friday the 13th A believer or B, like, do you have anything that you do on Friday the 13th? Well, see, the 13 for me isn't a bad number because that is Taylor Swift's lucky number, lucky number 13. So the Swifties love the 13. And so I know a lot of people get spooked out about Friday the 13th, but I I see it as something positive um, because, again, it's lucky number 13. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my wife and I, we watch Friday the 13th. We watch um, like chronologically. We watch a movie and we haven't been able to do one since like february i think we haven't had many friday the 13th this year so we're actually no. really excited to get together and sit down and what we've got uh friday the 13th part seven lined up to watch tonight and i'm so excited to sit down and watch it with with my wife it's gonna be great you know okay so i feel like a lot of people were always really into that movie for like years i had always heard of it but i didn't actually watch it until like two years ago was when i first saw the movie like ever and i they did a showing so at down in in la and hollywood and like griffith park they did like this outdoor showing of friday the 13th so me and my friend we got to watch it like underneath the stars and like a spooky like very like trees they projected it on the mirror we had like a little picnic basket and just a bunch of people just laying there it was the coolest experience that i've had here and oh, i can't i'm so sad that we can't do that anymore 
I know it, it, it sucks. Like I, I always think back to it's about oh, 10 years, maybe now or so ago, uh, that my friends and I on a Friday the 13th went to the Prince Charles cinema here in London, um, which we've done work with. We've done screenings at the Prince Charles and uh, they did a Friday the 13th marathon. They did one through eight uh, back to back. And you just watched it like overnight. So it started at like 9 p.m. And it ended about sort of five, six in the morning. And it was so much fun. And like we then we got some we got a, a Mackie D's breakfast and then we got the tube back to uh, one of our houses and we watched the other movies in the series. So we then watched nine, ten, Freddy vs. Jason and the remake. And it was a brilliant, brilliant day. Dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it actually became it became a bit of our movie marathon club that we would get together like once a month and just like and just pick a franchise and just watch them all back to back, which was really fun until you pick one that's really bad. So like we yeah, did a Halloween, yeah, we did a Halloween marathon, and that was a long night because a lot of those films are absolutely rubbish. And wow, it was, uh, yeah, it was a long, long night. Um, but yeah, uh, if you got any plans for the weekend, there's no wrestling for you to watch. So, like, what are you going to do with your time? Well, uh, what am I doing this weekend? I don't really have any plans, honestly. I think we're getting ready to eventually go into a shutdown here because our oh, numbers really? have gotten – Oh, yeah, it's getting bad. Um, California just surpassed 1 million COVID cases, <sighs> and our numbers have gone completely skyrocket like throughout the United States. And so I think that once Biden kicks in, I think we are going to go into like a four- to two, six-week lockdown, which I kind of hope we do because – I rather get those numbers in place, but I'm kind of like afraid to go out right now because like, again, people are, it's gotten really bad here again. Like this is probably like just people don't like, it's not that they don't care anymore, but I just think people are getting used to it. So they're like, okay, I put my mask out, but we're all going out and we're all getting together. So the numbers are going up here. So I don't know if I'm going to be going out much. Yeah, and my wife's been kind of in the same position where she's just been like, not afraid to go out, but just like, if I don't have to go out, then I'm just really not going to. Like, I, I, uh, the rule kind of here is that, you know, shop solo if you can. So I've just been doing the shop since we went back into lockdown in March. I've just done the weekly shop and that's it. Like, my wife doesn't come with me. It's my podcast time that I'm calling it now. I get to go and listen to my catch up on all my podcasts that I've got. Um, but yeah, I guess. I think a lot of people here are just sort of getting useful because we're in another lockdown at the moment. I think we're in for another two weeks yet. It ends on December 2nd. So we're, I think, just sort of hopeful that we'll be able to get Christmas. But, and to be honest, I think our government are just going to say just to sack off any, if we are in a lockdown throughout December, they're just going to sack it off for Christmas Day just so we can go and have Christmas, which I don't think is the best idea. But yeah, um, I'm, no. yeah. If, if it means I, I can't see my family on Christmas, then so be it. But I'm kind of hoping that I can. I know, like even just like maybe a few of you or who knows, like my family is not even planning anything. It's just going to be my grandparents, me and my fiance. So just four of us. And that's it. That's like, it's so weird because like we're a giant Mexican family. Like there's usually way more of us. I was going to say, like, are you getting together for Thanksgiving or are you just playing it by ear at the moment? No, we're officially like not doing anything for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Like, it's just like, it's official. Like, we're not doing anything. Man. Right. Well, I mean, let's try and end on a bit of a, a brighter note, uh, a bit of a happier note. Um, we actually, so we did... happy. Then we went downhill and just, it was my I... fault. I brought it up. It's okay. It's not your fault at all. I did ask. Um, we did actually have an email that was directed to us. Let me quickly get it up. Where is it, General? Um, where are you? So 
um harry who is a, a regular emailer into the show we call him the geordie bus driver because he's a bus driver and he's from newcastle so he's the geordie bus driver harry um he says hello there team danuk it's your geordie bus driver here i hope you're both doing well i love the friday podcast with both of you having denise as a permanent member of team rest talk thought a fun little segment for the podcast is teaching denise some slang words from different areas of england and what we're better off than to teach denise some of my native language of geordie so hopefully Denise can also guess at some of these meanings. So um, I'm going to read out some like Geordie slang. So you can you know learn something and maybe even have a guess of what they might be. So we'll start with simple. Alreet. What was that? Alreet. Hello? It is indeed hello. So you would like, oh, if you would okay. see something, you'd go like Alreet Luke or Alreet Denise. Um, let's do um, Canny. Canny, awful. Oh, close! It's actually good. Like that is like that is a lovely, nice, or a pretty good thing. Like so, you would say like, ah, oh, Denise is a canny lass. I mean, yeah, she's a good person. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not doing too bad. Add this yeah. round to Quizzlemania. <laughs> um, how are? How are you? That is exactly yes, yeah. Or like it's come along now. So like if you were to walk, you would. Uh, he says if you went for a walk and one of your friends was too slow, you would say how are you, man. Oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> Dune tune uh, is exactly how it's spelled. Dune tune. Dune tune. Um. Do you want to come? Do you want to go? Do you want to do this? I don't know. I mean, it's basically it's downtown. It is literally just oh. like I'm, I'm, I'm Ganon Dune Tune. Um, uh, and the last one uh, for now is Denise will need this after the podcast is to go home, go to sleep. In Geordie, we would say Ganham for a kip, uh, which is like oh, Ganham so for a clip, uh, Ganham for a kip, rather. Um, uh, oh, as lots, as always, lots of love to the Geordie bus driver, Harry. Thank you so much, Harry. I, um, my, uh, an ex girlfriend of mine, it was from the Northeast. So, uh, I've got a lot of like Northeast slang that's just sort of like in my back pockets. Um, speaking of people like, how are you, man? And uh, I've always found it quite, you know, it's, it's very charming. I'm a scouser though, so I'm from the Northwest. So, we've got very different, uh, slangs. But if you've got your own slang that you'd like to send in for Denise to learn, please do email support at wrestletalk.com. Uh, send us an email. But until then, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you as always, Denise, for being on the show. It is my favorite show of the week. Go get some sleep, my friend, and I will see you in seven days' time. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.